Players podcast where we discuss old school role playing from the player's perspective. I'm Legitimate Mustard. I play Ferrum, and I'm here tonight with. I'm Exploding Kitten. I play Evelyn. I am Gus, and I play Mira. I'm Kel Ronan, and I play Aaron Cole. I'm Vig, the existential egotistical elf. I'm Cognac, and I play Jazz. Awesome. Could someone give a recap of the last two sessions? Because we kind of blended two together for this this podcast. So if I can recall during the last session, um, we uh, were going away from the compound and going to go back to the city of Riverwatch. And we came across um, a hunter where Ferrum which was struck down by one of the arrows that had the black raven feather and was super long. We had to convince Petter to either go and kill the hunter or um, uh, stop, not don't kill the hunter. Anyway, we were able to... Evelyn and Vig was able, were able to convince him to not kill the hunter, and we just left them there to die, kind of. No, we hailed him. Anyway, we went back off to try and figure out what had struck him down, and suddenly another arrow with a black raven feather came up and hit the hunter again, surprisingly, um, and uh, coming from the west. So we went off that way and uh, discovered three harpies, um, a, a mother, and there are two baby harpies out now children anyway we can Uncle, can you take that over yeah so basically we had these three harpies that looked like the larger one the the largest of them probably the mother of the other two had uh had shot the arrows at uh our uh captive and had uh shot him right through the neck so we went over there we were trying to find out where the arrows came from and we saw in the cliff face a a cave about 40 feet up on the cliff face and as we approached this uh gustifer our little cat he kept giving us warnings as a couple as well as a couple of other things and then as we're uh looking around trying to decide what to do a couple of harpies come screeching at us and uh some of us stop dead in our tracks and start listening to those harpies and just act as though they've been bewitched, which they had. And um, unfortunately, uh, we lost about a quarter of our fighting strength just because um, we had been tra- entranced. Now, Vigar, our greatest fighter, uh, no offense to Ferrum, uh was the first one to be entranced by this and 
Aaron Cole climbed up on top of him and tried to na snap, uh, snap him out of it, and luckily, the harpies couldn't tell the difference between a gnome on a guy's shoulders and a really big guy. So, Aaron Cole was safe from that. Um, Ferrum, I believe, did not get entranced either, correct? Not immediately, but he did eventually get uh, entranced. Right, and uh, both Jazz and Vig were safe as well, correct? They were elves, and they wouldn't weren't uh, weren't as susceptible to the terms of such ugly harpies. Um, and so they put up a really good fight, keeping the enemies at bay. Jazz and Vig uh, actually ended up damaging uh, the taking out one of the harpies almost right away and then uh, the next session we had a fight against this greater harpy and uh, her child and Urnkel hop uh, tried to jump at this greater harpy missed completely fell flat on his face um, Vig oh actually Vig <laughs> what you did this well Vig looks at it, and Vig had taken a pretty big hit, so he's down to basically one hit point at this point, or so he just about take a hit. And he realizes that, okay, I can't take out the big mom, but I want to take out the big mom, but the baby here is going to kill me. At one hit point, I take another hit. It looks at me, I'm dead. So Vig, uh, Vig as an elf, you know, he's an academic elf. He's discovered drugs. He's discovered mind-expanding. He's wondering about this thing called altered states and expanding your consciousness great movie by the way highly recommend it and so he takes out what's left of his blue powder tears of cast and blows it into the face of the harpy getting it totally stoned getting himself basically sped up and also getting uh who else got it vigar vigar and and urkel right and yeah, urkel yeah vigar thought that he was a giant and was stomping everything that everything was now an insignificant ant uh vig was basically running really fast thinking that he's gonna die our uncle was the same way and the harpy basically looked like it turned paranoid. It was really interesting. Yeah, so, and for our listeners out there, um, Tears of Ket, do uh, you mind if I reveal some of the some of the world here? No, certainly, go ahead. No. Oh yeah, Tears of Ket is a drug that has a completely random effect depending on, uh, well, just how it's ingested, for one, and then also just on a table. You basically so go off of how it's ingested and, and look at the table for that completely random so uh yeah that could have been really crazy we could have had some really interesting effects from that but uh luckily mostly it was effectively uh stimulants and some sort of hallucinogen so the moral of that story is that you know drugs are fine they're not gonna no, no bad side effects at all. 
<laughs> the, the, the moral of the story is I want more drugs and I'm going to try to figure out whatever weird way I can use these to throw the DM for a loop that he's not going to expect me to do. <laughs> I, I'm certain that's going to have consequences, but it'll be really fun to watch. So, <laughs> oh. Oh, And then we almost died. Yeah, we almost died. There was nearly a TPK, a total party kill. Um, and then somehow we didn't die near the end. Okay, yeah, so uh, Vigar was able to chase down the par- now paranoid uh, younger bird, and Jazz slices into the mother after she sees her daughter die. Um, and uh, turns tail, and Jazz just slices her, and then shoots her with an arrow, and then after shooting with an arrow and doing one point of damage, she clipped the wing. And the harpy just slams herself into the face of the cliff, uh, dying afterwards. So uh, we're like, we, we need some rest after that. And uh, we climb the cliff face and get up into a safe-ish spot in the cave that they were uh, keeping all their treasure and their larder, which was just human bodies for the most part, uh, in, and we cleaned that out. Which human uh, bodies, though? the bodies of the villagers and more specifically also the bodies of the people who had been in the compound that strange cult family that is worshipping the um necro poison necro disease well they're not worshipping it anymore but you know (laughs) what happened to necro disease again did we set that on fire we set it on fire we yeah we burned it in the well it couldn't get out Oh, it couldn't. It couldn't get out, right? Because yeah. it was alive, right? Yes, we torched it. We burned it. We did not even attempt to communicate with it, which we should have. We have no idea how it got into the well, but we nope. burned it. Yep. We're, we're staying true to form. If we don't understand, it's something we don't like. We're going to kill it. Kill it with fire. Yep. Yes. All right. So we're in this. We're in this cave. We uh, before we take a rest. We look around, we find some silver coins, we find some really interesting jewelry, a little effigy of a little dragon-like thing, um, a really nice ring that is opal and silver, and just the most interesting thing in that pile, obviously. So, and then uh, we start splitting up the coins, right? Pretty much, yep. We did some sleeping, we looked out, we saw some wolves... Um, we slept in the morning there was one wolf left and it talked which was odd well it did more than talk it turned into a new naked guy which this is winter there's snow on the ground how come he's not cold if he's standing around there naked in his bare feet in quasi snow like really thoroughly disturbing thoroughly disturbing it is it's just it doesn't work he should be frozen just saying and yet he wasn't because he's a druid and so we had a conversation with the druid who said that we shouldn't have been there and we shouldn't have killed the harpies even though they shot at us first yeah druids are crazy can't trust them. Of course, because those druids were, or those harpies were obviously one of the last of their kind, and uh, 
you know, they were an endangered species planted there by the druids to make sure that the species survived, and it was our fault for getting onto their hunting grounds. And not noticing the signage, because there was definitely yeah. signage up to let us know that we were in the territory of an endangered harpy species. Definitely. It was definitely there, right? Yeah? right. I, no? did, oh, I did totally. not see this I big apartment-sized billboard somewhere that said, Warning. Harpy hunting zone. Do not enter unless you wish to be food. I did not see that, and I have to state my elven senses would have caught something that conspicuous. I definitely didn't <laughs> see it either. It's very odd that that That's was not, okay. we'll, not put out there. We'll have to put that out. At least I think that we do, according to the agreement we made with him, have to put that out. Actually, why don't we... We did have a druid in our group, which was very lucky. Uh, maybe she wants to explain how she talked with the druid um so basically the druid told us that they're worried that there's going to be like a, a war and that they were um going to defend their property and uh like fight the few humans if they um if they had to um and mira uh just told them that if it's you know she was thinking that if it's to protect the natural balance that she would join them yeah, and it, she also the he, the druid also mentioned something about the fairy court in the middle of Feywood or Feyhaven um, being out of balance and driving all sorts mm-hmm. of creatures from the center of Feyhaven out to its edges, yep. which is concerning. Didn't, if that uh, is not, if really that is not a that. massive, yeah, if that is not a massive, tell us you are supposed to go there. I don't know what is, which means we should go in the opposite direction. Yes, definitely. Right. I feel like that yes. was definitely a plot hook, so we should ignore it because we've we've gone after every single plot hook so far in this campaign and made our own and made some some up. Yes, so we should ignore and, that one just to see if the DM like his head explodes or something. But <laughs> and if I can suggest for a warning sign, we take the big harpy, we skin it right now, we take the skin out and hang it up outside on the entrance of this with the basic skin harpy sign. That'll tell people don't go ahead. I'm not sure that, that doesn't that's... indicate anything to me. Yeah, I don't feel like that's um, really a very clear indication. I think that it needs to be something very, very opposite of subtle. Just like a sign that says, hey, harpies, hunting ground, don't do it. We could just hang the human corpses up like that, but uh, I don't yeah. think my character would be very appreciative of that. Well, I thought we There's were supposed to put them in the trees. Have to take- yeah, also, they had to go into back to the trees. We they also have to take trees. one of the harpies back with, not like a whole harpy, but something of the harpy back with us to the mare. We have some feathers, so we can take those back. Why don't we just chop the head off and take it with us? I feel like the druid's not going to like that, but I mean... It's dead. It is. It's very dead. <laughs> it's very dead. Let's just bring a head. Okay. On a stick. We What was the other odd thing that happened? It feels like there was something we're missing from the cave. The dragon. The dragon. Right, right. We found a dragon in the cave. Well, it's a pet no, dragon. It's very friendly. A, a figurine that turns into a pet dragon. Not a real dragon. <laughs> Just a small That's one. Right. Like a cat-sized dragon. <laughs> so, oh, so here's, gosh. here's my question. Between Gustafer and the dragon, who is looking at whom like dinner? Oh, definitely Gustafer's dinner. Uh, except Gu- the dragon apparently doesn't eat meat, so 
So, so I'm thinking Gustafer's looking at the dragon as dinner. That's entirely possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the dragon is bigger than him or not. I don't remember. I think they're about the same size. Gustafer might be a little size, bit bigger. Though. I never vote against a cat. They'll all, they'll win. <laughs> they're born killers. Speaking of born cat killers, versus dragon. What do you make of the hunters from uh, Riverwatch? that have been kind of expanding their territory and hunting larger and larger um, trophies and also using the the wilderness to essentially torture kingdom soldiers by sending kingdom soldiers out into the woods to be attacked by creatures. Well, that's the kingdom soldiers part for being stupid enough to get out there. However, considering these hunters are n- hunters are not ecological, they are sustained in a campaign of large extermination for trophies for their hunting lodge. As an elf that sides with the druids toward balance, I think we should kill them. An think? elf that's in balance that wants to put a harpy head on a stick, and the other day was rolling, wanted to roll and bowl heads across the ground. He's a bit. He's a chaotic balance. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm chaotic. Good. You'll notice I am not saying that we cut something the head off that is still alive. I'm simply saying we should use it because it's dead. What do you think that the right. What do you think this means that the hunters are expanding? Is that um, is it likely to to create additional um, conflict? I, I suspect it probably is. Um, but it sounds like a lot of what the hunters have been doing is uh, root cause for some of the uh, what appeared to be plot hooks back in this in the um, city that we, we came from. I get a funny feeling we're going to end up in the middle of a conflict between the druids and the hunters here. I don't think the druids. I don't think the hunters are a big enough force to really be considered a a player if there were a conflict between the hunters yeah. and the druids that the hunters would just die as they went on to druidic lands oh, okay let me true. take that back the real the real conflict here is going to be between the werewolves and the hunters and the people the werewolves already butchered that one um not settlement really armored house where there were a few people where they ripped out the throats of everything we never really asked them too much about that i think that that oh we didn't actually but i think that the harpies uh, attacked that compound, and it's too organized. They for both that. they both did because there were the arrows from the harpies, and also the throats of that were ripped out by the wolves. So, in other words, they both attacked. And you'll notice the wolves were upset the harpies died because. So, I'm basically thinking they're working together, saying this is our territory. Humans, get the hell out. Oh, now, yeah. as an elf. I really don't care that much about humans. Fine, keep them out. <laughs> so we know that some people from the compound opened the gate um, and went outside when they were they were killed outside the gate. So I wonder if the people in the compound knew the druid or were familiar enough with the druid to open the gate. 
Yeah, he just came in looking all nice and pretty, not in wool form, opened up. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, by the way, here's my pack. They're going to rip your throat out. Thank I you really much. highly doubt that. You know what it probably was? What happened to Ferrum when somebody was talking, when these harpies were singing? Oh, that's right. He was he was um, in, enchanted or entranced or um, he heard the harpies singing and he decided to follow the song. Yeah, and what did the harpies go for immediately when somebody was next to them the neck so I think this was entirely the harpies it may have been yeah that's interesting uh, I'm, I'm still getting put money on it, it was the harpies and wolves acting together because there were there weren't slash marks from the harpies these were ripped out throats that's they go different. to bite yeah, those harpies yeah, but, went to bite if the but harpies still be successfully if they'd successful, well, and they didn't eat anything either, which is interesting. Maybe they just yeah, removed yeah. bodies. Yeah, I think this was a. There combo. were about fifteen bodies here from the compound in the harpy's nest, and they could probably only carry what two or three at a time, at most. So maybe that does explain that. That's interesting. I'm not really sure. Um, I don't think that I don't think the druids and the wolf people would stop the harpies from attacking, them, and I think they'd help them, especially if the harpies needed food. You I don't know if they'd help them. I think that they would. I don't think that the harpies needed food. They seem to have quite a lot of bodies up in that cave. Um, but I think that the druids, being focused on balance, would probably just kind of take a hands-off approach to that. Yep, I let them so. do it. So what about the beasts that are fleeing the forest because of the conflict in the forest with the um, the fairy court? Uh, what do you make of that, and what consequences do you think will come from it? Nothing good, because if it's chasing the wildlife out, that's really bad. What do you think, Mira? Um, I don't think that there would be anything good that comes out of it. Um, but I guess we'll see how it how it ends or how it goes what do you think do you think that there's any tie-in um between that and the larger conflict with essentially the expansionism of the kingdom of fifth year i think that there's going to be conflict especially between um like that fairy court area and then um because with the kingdom of fifth year isn't it the humans that are expanding into other t- territories too primarily so yes. So I think that there would be a conflict between the two groups. Yeah, I agree. I I think that um, the Druid had said that they didn't expect the Kingdom of Ithir to expand into the forest, um, that they would expand along the the rivers, which I would agree with and Ferrum would agree with that uh, from a tactical standpoint. However, I don't know that the, um, the Druid recognizes the resources available in the forest and that those may be considered valuable to the kingdom um and eventually they're you know the kingdom's kingdom's end goal is to continue expansion at least that's my perception of it i think that um like with humans expanding and taking more like they're going to get greedier um and eventually start looking at other areas oh i absolutely agree what tie-in do you think that the uh the elves from what 60 60 or 30 years ago that joined the druid conclave have to the rest of the story 
Do you think they have any input whatsoever? Because it seemed like that was included for a reason. Almost. And it was mentioned I, several times as well. I suspect that might be some of the elves we ran into town. Yeah, like it was. it was not that long ago from an elf's perspective, but how long is an elf's perspective not that long ago? Hundreds of years. Of human years. So, no, I, I suspect that that was one of the elves in the town. Um, that's That's place because elves... Traditional elves can't understand why anyone would want to leave the elven lands. Well, high elves, but not necessarily the wood elves. The wood elves would have a different perspective. Yeah... I see your point, yes. As a high elf, Vig would kind of be looking at this and going, why do you need counseling? We can recommend a good elven psychiatrist. Yes, because the, the, the difference between the high elves and the wood elves, at least from my understanding, is that the high elves are more focused on the, on the core elven um, identity and the core elven families, uh, the, the, the noble elven families. Whereas the Wood Elves had strayed a little bit from that and expanded the range of the Elves and actually been some of the the lower families initially. Um, so they got used to living outside of the Elven, the, the, the core Elven kingdom. And um, sometime after Starfall, when the Elven kingdom started to kind of um, pull back and consolidate, uh, the two groups kind of came back together, and so there is some some mixing of those, um, some some high and wood elf hybrid uh, sorts of things happening. But but they do have a different perspective on what it means to be an elf. At least that's my understanding. Yeah, it's pretty correct. So. I mean, Vig would have really no, not much of an understanding of why. Right, yeah. It confuses him. Cognac, He'd be what is, very confused. What is your character's perspective on um, her elven identity as far as um, expansionism of, of the elven kingdom is concerned? Um, I think Jazz first to stay out of a lot of the politics that go along with being an elf. I think she's always felt a little bit like an outsider, even around other elves. Um, she looks a little different than some of them, and she never really fit in, so she kind of avoids um, meddling in those affairs, She and plus her brother more than makes up for it with his pompousness about being an elf. Yeah, for sure. What is what is what do you think that the um, exploding kitten? What do you think that the uh, the river wardens think about um, the influence of the Elven Kingdom, which is kind of the nearest kingdom to them, I think, um, in the region? I honestly have no clue. Up to this point, to my knowledge, the elves just minded their own business and stayed kind of their own kingdom trying to like help it up because I know um in their history um after Starfall their kingdom was decimated so at this point it's been all about building it up yeah definitely 
Alright, one last thing I've got here. In the last session, uh, Petter, Petter had been exposed to um, the the necro plague or the necro disease, whatever it was, um, from the the girl that was in the house inside the compound. Um, he was exposed to that, had that material on him. Um, in our last session, he appears to be healed. What does anyone make of that? Are there any opinions on that? Oh, he said that he was a fallen paladin. Um, and he also said that he didn't know how... Well, he he did a couple of different interesting things. He's He's prayed for healing for Evelyn, and Evelyn was healed. And Gus. then... Gus, thank you, sorry. For uh, Gus, and Gus was healed. And then... Um, he also did something else last session, right, with his paladin powers. But he said that he was a fallen paladin, so I think that he's either found some other god that he worships and they've accepted him, or at least he thinks they have, or he's uh, found some other path to power and accepted that. Well, what does it mean to be a fallen paladin? Usually being a fallen paladin just means that you were in violation of your your god's um, edicts. But there are other types of paladins. Don't they become evil once you start referring the, to them as fallen paladins? That'd I thought that black was guard. They, But I mean don't if you are completely saying I'm not going to worship my god anymore, I'm not going to abide by these rules. I mean, what are the consequences of that? Well, in you this case, all your paladin powers. But in this case, he didn't denounce his god, but his church ruled that he was in violation of um, the church's intent. I guess. But so, don't paladins they don't they like make promises and take oaths of what they're gonna do? And so pretty much we're saying that Petter broke that oath and broke that promise. And instead of being, instead of having like many consequences, it looks like he was rewarded. No. You see, I'm going to say, I don't think Petter is a fallen paladin at all. I was going to say, what if his uh, like church had just another agenda, but he still follows like the rules of the God? Wouldn't that mean he would get to retain his powers? Well, sure could. That's exactly. That's exactly what I think happened. I think he went against the church, but he stayed with his God. So basically the church got upset because he disrupted their power structure. Like churches are wont to do their power structure. So they basically kicked him out and said, you're not part of the church. You're not a paladin because you didn't follow what the church did. But he never did. A paladin doesn't follow his church. They follow the tenements of his God. So he may think he's a fallen paladin because the church kicked him out, but if he was really a fallen paladin, he still wouldn't be able to heal and do the things that he did. He would not have that ability. He's not a fallen, he's not a fallen paladin, but he thinks he is. Unless oh. the gods just don't care. And, and they're responding and to Vith, any prayer. And isn't Vith like the god of law and order? And so yeah. if you can worship Vith without being in the church of Vith, who makes those laws? Who determines that order? And how are you supposed to know what the gods determine as law and order? Exactly. Yeah. So maybe the Church of Ith isn't so 
isn't really in tune with what the god Vith wants. Oh, can we go meta on that? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have absolutely no way to say that's not in tune with the god other than being totally self-serving, can we? If Cammy shows up, we're going to pardon my language bitch slapper. <laughs> Who's Cammy? Uh, Cammy was a priestess of the Church of Vith that we found in a dungeon, a uh, previous party found in a dungeon. Um, but she ended up being the daughter of someone high up in the church and quite powerful and caused a whole lot of um, drama and then tried to capture us and prevent us from um, our final um, our final stand against Lothram uh, the, the and, lich and it was there was a lot of things and turned out to be on his side she was yes yeah the church of Vith was on the side of the lich the wrong basically. side just so everyone knows yes exactly <laughs> so if she happens to show up um yeah it's not gonna go well on that note we are over time so that's all I've got for the world of Koth players p- podcast thanks to everybody for um getting together and talking about the last two sessions we'll talk again in a week good night everybody <laughs>